With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody, welcome to the Hit or Die podcast live with your hosts Jake Saldati and Chad Rawford. Um, we are not over. We are here. <laughs> I know you. It's, it's not as frequent. You had a. You went to that party and people were like, "Hey, is the podcast done?" Yeah, um, it was Bobby Khan, big supporter of oh, us. Bobby. He, uh, Shout out, Mr. He's like, Khan. Oh, Jake's doing another podcast. Are you guys done? And I was like, no. No. Yeah, no, we're not done. Not done. We're not done at all. Not even close. Um, that's kind of just a side project, man. Filling some time is different. Um, but absolutely no, not done with hit or die. Um, episode 149. Baseball's underway. Uh, college baseball fired up last weekend. And the Dogs started 2022 with a sweep over UC Riverside. Mm-hmm. Uh, dropped the midweek game to Cal Poly. Currently 3-1, and one, and they'll be in San Diego this weekend at the Tony Gwynn Legacy. Uh, today, Friday, open up against Utah. Tomorrow, Saturday, they'll uh, play San Diego and finish Sunday with Hawaii. And then Tuesday, their midweek game is at uh, Bakersfield. So that'll be uh, fun to check that out. Uh, Bakersfield Roadrunners. Currently one and two. Um, they had one postponed. Their midweek game this week was postponed. Not sure why, but they're at home this weekend hosting Kansas State and will host Fresno State again, host Fresno State Tuesday night in Bakersfield. I believe that's available on ESPN Plus. And uh, I think they have another, they stream their stuff as well. Uh, for tickets there, you want to go to GoRunners.com. Uh, and they'll give you the schedule game time. Same with Fresno State. Go Bulldogs.com for schedule information. Uh, FPU, who's been playing pretty well. Uh, they're currently 7-3. and three. Uh, Won seven of the last eight games. Headed to Hawaii for like a two-week road trip. Yeah. Uh, we, now, you, there was this, an opportunity maybe for you to go there too, right? And there was, uh, <laughs> I think you were saying that, that that trip's like 10 days, 12 days long, something like that? Yeah, yeah. Um... After I left Madeira and didn't get the bull job, buller job for some reason, um, I was I wasn't going to coach. But then I was talking to Hirschkorn, you know, trying to get in the college game, and um, it was a real possibility. But um, my daughter was going to be born that year, um, which she's here with us today. Yeah, she's. Uh, we got a little guest today. She hear um, a little noise in the background, and. Um, it just was going to be a little bit too much time away from the family. Yeah. And uh, so I decided not to. So um, 
which Hirschhorn, you know, respected my decision and uh, told me, you know, they if I ever wanted to try to go back there, some he, you know, see what happens. Anyways, went to Clovis West and then uh, now uh, back with the Rams, back where I'm kind of full, I belong. First cir- full circle where you started with, uh, but yeah, FPU seven and three headed to Hawaii uh, for a couple weeks uh, versus Hawaii Hilo and also Hawaii Pacific. Uh, they won't be back home until March 18th. They'll host Academy of Art uh, for a couple doubleheaders that weekend. Uh, go to fpuathletics.com for their schedule as well. Uh, I saw a lot of schools post attendance records for last weekend. We kind of talked about this. Tennessee broke their, I think, their home record uh, last weekend. Mississippi State had 34,000-plus uh, for the weekend uh, hosting Long Beach State. That's insane. Yeah. That's like, uh, you know, super regional, regional type atmosphere right there. Uh, and then I saw Cal Poly posted after their game against Fresno State. Uh, they were top two in the California. state uh, for California. I think it was Stanford was one. No, I think Cal Poly was, was one. Was Cal Poly, yeah, Cal Poly was one. Stanford, Stanford and then Fresno State was three. Uh, which uh, You went Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there Friday night for the opener. Uh, Jake Dixon got the start there. It looked good. Um didn't play the cleanest game, I think, but a home opener, you know what I mean? It's the opening yeah. night. Uh, did get the sweep that weekend. And then uh, Clovis West alum, Eshawn Henderson, was real good Saturday. The dogs, 12 punchies. Dogs put up some big runs there. And uh, Sunday, you know. what kind of staffed it Sunday. Uh, I think the starter went two, an inning, maybe an inning and two. He went two innings, I think. Uh, and then they kind of staffed it the rest of the way. But they look good. They look good at the plate. Um, look good on defense. Um, Josh Labandera's clone at shortstop is uh, <laughs> yeah. You you mentioned that. I mean, it's spitting image of of Labby, um, but great defender. Um, nice to see Peyton Allen there. I coached against him last year at COS, and and uh, he's a great baseball player. So it's nice to see him. I was there for Timian's first homer of the year. Um, shout out to his mom. I know his mom's a listener of ours and uh she's probably like you need to go to the next one cuz it seems like every time I'm there <laughs> it's a home yeah. run. Yeah, but yeah. um yeah, it was just good to see. It's good to see uh baseball back. Uh Morgan is actually number 1 in the state and not number 1, he's number 1 in division con- 1 in, yeah, in doubles. doubles. Yeah, I saw that. Um so uh it's it's a lot of fun to see baseball back. Fresno State's good. Go out there and support them, man. It, I mean, there's nothing like, you know, going out to Biden at Bob Bennett Stadium or you know, whatever it's called. I, uh, I will, when we pulled in Friday night, I was like, man, this is, this is a, the parking lot was pretty crowded and, and going last year a lot, especially to finish, we went a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it was never like that, you know? So to see some people packing the stadium was great. Yeah. Uh, good crowd, lots of chatter. Um, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was cool to see. I mean, just to see all the college baseball love that it got this weekend. Yeah. Um, and you've mentioned it recently, you know, we need more games on TV, and it looks like ESPN Plus is going to carry a ton of baseball. So I think it's like six ninety nine, but you're talking about thousands of games if that's the case. All the, I mean, Bakersfield, it looked like everything Bakersfield's got is going to be on ESPN Plus, uh, available on ESPN Plus. So I would definitely look into that. Um, but it's, it's just nice to see people going out to some college baseball games, and I think with what's going on in Major League Baseball, assuming it doesn't get any better and it looks like it's not, uh, that's the way to go. You know, and then not just state. I mean, Fresno City, you guys are uh, 
battling Reedley College this week. Split the series so far, one and one at home Saturday at one o'clock, and it's a huge series. It's been a big game so far for being ten games in. Yeah, um, I mean we've played a tough schedule, I think, um, but we're you know we have great pitching, we have good offense, our defense is good. I mean I think we have all three aspects of the game that can that can take us to another CVC title and and possibly a run at the state. Um, you know, but sometimes you, as baseball happens, you play down to your competition a little bit. And I feel like you having a great four game set against Hartnell and then, you know, swept Sac City too, which I think has one of the top pitching staffs in the, in the state of California, uh, without a doubt. I mean, they, they were unbelievable. Uh, all the guys, in, you know, up eighties, low nineties with some nasty off speed and, and we got after them. And then, you know, we come, we come to face, you know, Reedley at home to to start the to start uh, league play, and you know you face a guy that you know didn't really pitch in high school, and he's got some average stuff, but it, it just gets it done. And you know, when you don't come to play. Hey, sometimes it that's happens. even more effective. You know, it it I've noticed that, and I mean, you've said it a million times. You'd rather see a guy throwing you know ninety plus than a guy throwing you know mid to low eighties. You know, even with some good movement that can, you know, manipulate. I think when you have to just react, yeah, it's it, it's easier. It takes the thought process out. Well, I think guys that, that tend to throw harder, that's they love that pitch. You know, that's their that's their pitch. You yeah. know, if you're throwing 95, 96, why would you not love that pitch? Yeah, you're going to challenge guys, right? So for some guys, and you you know, Lappin even said it. You know, that those guys for for him were easier to hit. Yeah, um, and that may be the same for for a lot of guys. So, but again, Saturday, uh, you guys. Uh, battle it out for the final game of that series. Uh, looks like a couple Madera guys might be on tap to get some starts, which is always for me. I love to see. Um, and Dylan Lewis, dude, might I mean one of the hottest hitters in the state, if not the country, right? D one or JC doesn't matter. I mean, I know you had the kid from North NC State hit like five bombs over the weekend, but yeah, I mean Dylan, you know, I told him this the other day. I, I haven't seen. Uh, swing like his ever in my coaching career and the amount of time he's in the zone and on plane is absolutely ridiculous and he's so strong and he has so much power but he's also hitting for a high average and um he's using the whole field which is really big especially going to the next level well, where have it, so where have his home runs been so he's got five he's played in um I think with 12 games that he's played in 11 of the 12. He's got five homers. His first home run, he hit the left center, and, and then uh, the next four was from center field over to right field. He's actually got, I think, three to right field, and then and then or two to right field, one to right center, and one to dead center. So, um, But he's got stupid pop. I mean, he's hitting balls out to right field that, like, a lefty would hit. It's it's insane. Um, he's absolutely strong, and, and uh, I'm – you know, I think somebody's going to jump on him. He he's going to get good looks right now, and um, I'm excited because he's. When I talk about swing, you know me. I'm yeah, talking about yeah. swing. You've never really heard me talk highly of a, a hitter uh, as I've done him, and, and it's it's impressive. It's well, impressive. and before games started, I mean, I'll just say like before you guys started playing games, you were telling me like this kid's got a D1 type swing. He's just a D1 oh, yeah. player. Um, so it's awesome, man. It's awesome to see him have success, and you guys, you know. The funny stat with the Rams right now is you're you're undefeated on the road. Undefeated on the road. 
<laughs> and all four all four losses at home. It's crazy. So I don't know, man. I just don't get it. I don't I don't get it. Like Hey, that's hard to do. <laughs> that's hard to do. <laughs> but I mean I get it and I don't get it. Like as a coach, when you're on the road, you don't have pre- like coaching rise. You know, when you're at home, you have to do the field. You have to get the field ready. Right. You have to you take BP, you put it up, you take it down. When you're on the road, you just show up and you just hit and you get ready for the game. And I think as the players, they kind of feel that a little bit too, you know. Um, but I mean, to win at 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 home, being a Ram is like is big. You know, that's our ballpark. Nobody comes in our place and. And, and gets dubs and um you know i feel like we're gonna have a big one saturday and uh continue this going uh going strong so you know every win's a new record for us and and that's what we're kind of going on and and uh, just trying to step up our game and try to try to play like we can and not down to the other opponent yeah and that's you know that's also another thing with coach purse and not to say that they're not talented but he just he can do a lot with but maybe not the best talent all the time you know he's just a great coach and that staff's done a great job uh, you got West Hills, I think, knocked off Modesto yesterday, uh, and then back at Modesto today, uh, and then I think COS knocked off Porterville. Yeah, and Taft took one of, from Merced so far. So Saturday's a big game. Uh, if you're available, I think the, the dogs are out of town. Uh, I know there's some high school baseball. SinCal, the showcase is going on this weekend here in the Valley. Uh, a lot of good games there, by the way. Um, today's a good one with Central opening up uh, hosting Tulare Western, two big you know D1 arms going that one. Uh, Memorial's playing today. I think Clovis West tonight opens up with Liberty. So some, some good high school action. But I think if you're around Saturday, 1 o'clock at uh, Fresno City, go out there and check out the Rams host uh, Read the College Tigers, in which would be a, a good game. Series tied up at 1 apiece. Uh, mentioning some high school stuff, again, a lot of teams opening up today. Uh, their 2022 season, uh, and I just haven't seen enough. Uh, I've been enjoying my time away from the field, if you have, <laughs> if you believe it or not. I haven't been out there much, but uh, I can give you a top two, without question. Yeah, and and Buchanan for sure. I, I got to throw at the number one spot only because they're defending champs. Well, and they beat Liberty, and they beat twice Liberty already. twice. Um, they're just they're good, man. They're <laughs> they're a good team. You can't ever count out Buchanan ever. Um, but I, I, I feel like Stockdale's number two without, and, and you can flip flop them. I think that, yeah, I think they're, they're a, the most complete team. I think it's a one A and a one B. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And just talking to scouts, talking to other coaches that I've known that's seen them, uh, the word is that Stockdale's the most complete team. Yeah. Um, you know, with Charles on the bump, I think they got another guy. Sykes, they got three. Three guys. Yeah. Featherstone or, yeah. Uh, uh, the, is it shortstop? Oh, no, yeah, no, I don't know. I know. One, they have three guys that are ninety plus. It's um, great in high school. That's you know. I know. Well, and then I just I've heard like you know from top to bottom lineup wise, uh, they're also solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, well, I, I know there's a debated shortstop who's the best in the valley. I mean, I, I kind of think arguably Cutter Coffee is probably the best shortstop in the valley. Yeah, I would. Uh, arguably, I'll say that. I'll, I'll preface it with that. But I, there's a lot of good players. But I mean, the guy's pretty proven so far. Um, We'll see. I mean, like I said, the Sincal Showcase this weekend, lots of good high school baseball. Again, 1A, 1B is probably the better way to say it. Yeah. And Buchanan and Stockdale, I think, are the are the two teams it's going to come down to. I would not be surprised in the least if it went through Bakersfield and Stockdale wins the Division One uh, section title. Uh, but, again, the, the Bears are always good. They've been there. 
Uh, this team's been there. They've they've played in those games. They're not new to those moments. Uh, and it's a top-notch coaching staff that knows how to win. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's going to be fun, especially if it's those two teams. I'm going to love it. Yeah. But, I mean, beyond that, you know, Bullard's pretty good ball club. I, I would say they're top five. They're young as well. And, and Schneider, I'm sure, is going to be their horse. Uh, and he's only a junior. And I wonder how how much he can he can be pushed. But I love the kid, man, and he's a fantastic player. Yeah, Fun to talk to, fun to watch. I've been lucky enough to watch him uh, last year. We chatted a bit, and uh, just a good kid. But C-Dub, too. I like Clovis West. They're, they're young. I'm not sure. They're a little unproven, but they might be sneaky as well, and I wouldn't put it past them to make a run. Um, either way, whatever experience they get out of it, that's going to be a good team, especially even going next year and going forward. Uh, I, think the, I think the question with, with Clovis West is, who's your number two? Yeah. Um, you know, Beza, obviously the Fresno State commit, um, mid to upper eighties guy, good slider. He's going to be their guy. Um, but who's going to be your number two? I, I feel mean, like I think defensively it, they're good. I feel like offensively they'll be good, but I, you know, as well as I do, you need to, you need to, oh, absolutely you need two guys to take you to the promised yeah. land. And, uh, you know, they have one for sure. I don't know who I know, uh, Bradley Senaway's cousin was, uh, was a up and cupping up and coming young guy. I don't know if he's going to be there too, or or who they have in, in the two spot. But I think that's the big question for Clovis West. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think Tyler could be a dude. Um, oh, uh, yeah, Patrick. I mean, Tyler's. That's my bad. I hey, never mind. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, right? I mean, There's you some... got a sophomore that's you know in the mid to upper eighties too that throws a good curveball and stuff. So. Scratch that, <laughs> and he attacks the zone like I, yeah. I, dude. I, I would not be surprised to see those guys. Make, you know, they have some returners out on defense. Uh, but Haros is back too, right? Yeah, Haros is back. So, yeah. so I mean, and then yeah, Munster. Maybe they do have a you got Munster that they like do have a two-headed Munster. So, oh well, they have a one-headed Munster, but then a two-headed Munster. <laughs> on the uh, hey, uh, Fresno State. I, you got Murph Gray, hey, dude, Cam I'm Schneider, tell, I'm telling Munster, you. right? You've got uh, was it uh, Ruby? At Buchanan, like there's some. Uh, who else is Smith? Mandel, or Mandel? There you go. Mandel's who it was. Schneider. Did you say Schneider? Schneider yeah. I mean, and then Murph Gray. I think I said Murph. I love to see this because you go get a guy like Dylan Lewis there too. Is it is a transfer? I, I sent it. I sent him the info. Let's go. I know he can be tough enough. The dogs can be freaking fun to watch, man. Hey, I don't. I don't know. I grew up. Fresno State's the only place I wanted to go. It was the only place I wanted to go. Unfortunate, it didn't happen. Right. Yeah. And and um, you know, I just went where I I could. But I feel like growing up in this area, I think everybody gets too caught up in the Power Five, the Big Twelve, the SEC. You know, all that all that kind of stuff. When you're in Division One baseball, you get seen by everybody. You play against everybody, you get seen. You're not going to not get seen less or, or get seen less at Fresno State than you would at Alabama or, or Vanderbilt. or You know what I mean? You're still going to be seen. But to be able to play at home in front of your family, I always wanted that. I wanted to be able to, you know, especially my dad went there and he had the home run record at one point and I wanted to challenge it or come to it. You know, so I feel like these kids need to be like, Dude, I want to be a dog. I want to play for one of the best coaches in the country that is a grinder, a disciplinarian, that knows how to win and also get you to the next level. Hands down, no question about you it. You know, and and succeed at the next level yeah. and in life. I told you this the other day. I went out there 
two weeks ago on a Friday just to watch them. They were getting ready to scrimmage. And he every time I bring the kids, like, and you've you've experienced oh, yeah. this, when he sees the kids, Coach Batesel is beelines to you. He doesn't yep. even want to talk to you. He just wants to no. give the kids knuckles and I'm not even there. You know. So we were cho- we were talking for just a few and like I was telling you, like, for people that question anything about that, like I would have loved to play for him. I mean, I may not have been tough enough. I've heard, you know, back in the day, he was he was a grinder, man, and he was hard to, to play for. But look at the results. Um, but like, in just in casual conversation, he'll say shit, dude, that I've never even thought about. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, God, that, like his, he just had different motor up there. When it comes to baseball, you you can't argue it. Um, and I know people may love him or hate him. Fantastic, phenomenal baseball mind, man. And you know firsthand. Oh, yeah. I mean. Just with the hitting stuff alone. I wish, you know, more than anything, you know, to talk to him and, and be able to talk hitting and to learn from him. You know, and that opportunity that I could have happened if I, you know, if my situation was better to be able to be on staff there would have been a dream come true. But I feel like I'm where I am right now at Fresno City, and me and Bates are still close, and I still talk to him, and I'll still pick his brain. I still want to know everything yeah. he has to offer yeah. with hitting and coaching in general. And um, But, yeah, like you said, every time you talk to him, you learn something new yeah. that you're like you didn't even think <laughs> no, was possible. And it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. To him, it's just like a normal conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not trying to be say anything profound, but it's like, Jesus. It's like a Yoda almost. <laughs> Uh, back with the high school stuff, uh, some more teams. I, I think Frontier's got a couple front-end guys on the mound that I've heard are really good. Uh, but, again, a depth as far as lineup goes, not too sure. Liberty, same thing. Heard Liberty's infield is maybe one of the best infields in the Valley, but not sure on the mound and, and depth lineup-wise. and depth lineup wise. They lost a little bit last year. Uh, it's going to be some good baseball. I think one team to look out for that uh, nobody's really – and they're, you know, they're typically Division two. With the playoff format, I don't know how it works this year, but I think Paso Robos is going to be pretty good, man. I would I would look out for for Paso for sure. Uh, they were good last year and young, bring back pretty much that entire group and their their horse on the mound. Uh, Reedley, you know, hearing Reedley, great things about Reedley High School. Um, you know, there's Madera South's going to be a good club. Uh, Kerman, watch out for Kerman. Woody told me they scrimmage. He said they were a very good baseball team. Again, CVC uh, down in Visalia. Not sure what Redwood has. Heard some good things about Redwood. But just if you get out there and check these teams out, uh, high school baseball is going full swing today. Uh, again, I know some teams are playing tonight. So go ahead and check those schedules out. And then good luck to everybody. I know we got listeners in Sacramento and Texas and Colorado. And uh, to all you guys, good luck this season. Uh, keep us posted on your teams. We're, we're uh, hoping everybody stays healthy and has a good season. But uh, moving on, brother, I, I was on Twitter the other day. And you're not much on there anymore. I know I'm not. I'm not. I tried to be on there a little more the, recently in the last week or so. And some stuff got brought up from college baseball last weekend, and uh, it was some of the gadgets being used. You got uh, Vanderbilt using like a watch system. I think I saw Ovi Fresno State using the walkie-talkie mm-hmm. stuff. I, I know Florida did that last year, as as most SEC schools were doing something. And uh, a couple people were, you know, like. I'm sure you guys are going to have an opinion on this and thoughts on it. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what you feel about it. I could tell you, like, my opinion on it is I'm not really sure about it. I I guess it depends on what level you're at. Um, 
I'm not sure how prevalent it is and or, or widespread in, in sci- as far as sign stealing goes in college baseball. But I mean, all the coaches that we know, uh, they're pretty baseball savvy guys, like very, very, very smart baseball people. I mean, if they feel it necessary, I'm not going to question their motives behind it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, as far as high school goes, when I was first coaching and young, I used to try to do that all the time, pick signs and, and, uh, you know, I was focused on that stuff. And I, I still, till this day or last year, would focus or look at tells. Try to pick up a tell. Is there a tendency? Something that they do, you know, count-wise. And you, you break down stuff. Analytics, right? Yeah. Um, but as I got older, I kind of stopped that part of it. Um, and put it on the players. Like, as a player in high school, that was one thing we prided our Our coach was like, hey. You know, you guys pay attention to this stuff. You see something, and we would. Mm-hmm. You know, as a coach, in the last few years, our last 10, I would still look at tells and stuff like that, but uh, I wouldn't pay so much attention to, you know, coaches giving signs to the catchers or, or stuff like that. Um, you know, because sometimes you guess wrong. You could be wrong, and it could hurt your team. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know the, the wristband thing's been, you know, calling out numbers and stuff has been, uh, a the pretty, wristband's been around for a while, though. Well, and you guys use that, correct? We use the wristbands for offense and uh, our pitch calling and stuff. Um, besides the – see, my thing is, as a player, I wouldn't have wanted to wear the wristband because it didn't look cool, right? That's just that's, – Yeah, it looks – It got in the way of my tape or, or my arm sleeve or whatever. But <laughs> – I mean, I'm being honest. I know it's good. But <laughs> it's easier – it's not going through signs, not worried about getting, you know, because when we were at Madera and I was giving signs sometimes, I had to switch them up. Thornhill was really good at picking yeah. signs and and, and uh, having to change them, you know, throughout the game. And I think having to change them with these kids, I think that's tougher yeah. um, than just calling out numbers and changing the card every game or every inning. Um, and then the watch system that – or first of all, back to the, the, the walkie-talkie thing. I love that. I think that's great. I think that should be all around baseball, the catcher wearing an earpiece and, and getting the signs. Obviously, Vanderbilt doesn't do that. They do the watch system. I haven't seen it. I don't know what it looks I've, like. I've seen the watch. It I don't like know. It looks like a smart watch. I don't, I don't know, know how if, the, how quick it is. I don't know how. I mean, they also have a pitch clock, right? So I don't know how yeah. quick it's happening between pitches or how it works through an app or well he might say something maybe and then it, it translated I, yeah, I don't know uh might say fastball four zone or fastball away or whatever i mean high school i don't think you're gonna see it no you won't you see know the wristbands in high school yes but I, you won't see the walkie-talkie you won't see the 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 electric no i don't I mean, think there's a, a need so for much that money though i think and like i said I, I, it's the level right high school there's no need for that it's, it would be ridiculous to see that but in college, those games are televised. Mm-hmm. Uh, teams are recording. Uh, you know, I would imagine keeping stuff close to your vest is is something that, that needs to happen. Uh, you play tons of video of teams in the conference. Yeah, you know, you play a lot of guys a lot of times in multiple years, and uh, I'm sure somebody's watching that stuff from those programs. So to me, in college baseball, it's not so ridiculous. And I know you and I talk about being old school or or that old school kind of mentality and like some of the tech stuff. Listen, I'm not opposed to all of that. And neither of us are. I think a lot of people may have that impression that we are. Um, but the writ, the wristwatches. Yeah. I'm not sure on that. The, the walkie talkies. Yeah. It's, I'm down for that. It's all new. 
you know, um, still getting used to it. But I think, you know, there's a lot of exceptional baseball minds, and especially at the college level. Mm-hmm. These guys are doing these things for a reason. Uh, I think the Astros kind of made this more happen in 2017. It's possible. It's possible to get stuff. And, I, you know, the one thing I'll say about it, and it's not that it's, I'm not against it, it's that not all tech is created equal, right? And, and regardless of the tech players have or the teams have, players still have to execute. Mm-hmm. Players still have to make plays, make pitches, batters, batters still have to battle counts. Um, you still have to play catch. There's a lot of things that have to happen for that tech to be, you know, beneficial to you. Yeah. Right. And uh, again, it goes back to some of the analytic things too. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm not so opposed to it. I begin in the MLB. I mean, it really just looks stupid. It does. I mean, especially when a pitcher's got a big old wristband that covers his whole forearm. I wouldn't want to wear a watch as a player. I mean, see, I'd rather wear that. Like an this is an Apple Watch, so because Vanderbilt, it was like that. It it, wasn't I thought huge. it looked it looked more like a Fitbit to me, almost. It wasn't huge. No, it wasn't. Rather, I'd rather wear that than a big old wristband that takes up my whole forearm. Um, you know, so, but that's just me. And I know a lot of guys. Uh, I know the players for Vanderbilt. They were wearing them on their belt, and some of our guys they wear the wristband on their belt where they could just look down and and see the numbers. Um, now, do you, you guys slide head first into I, it? I, don't I know. know, I know some guys change cards. Mm-hmm. They have multiple cards, so that's not always the same yeah. numbers. You guys, well, I'm not going to, you know, but is that something you've seen in the past? You know, teams have, you know, they call out numbers and they have cards that you know for four different sets that yeah. it never stays the same. So that way, you're not always we le- we legitimately have nine sets. Wow. Okay. Because, um. Solberg's really good at it, changing it up every every inning. Honestly, we I think he changes it every inning. Our catcher comes in and they switch cards. Um, so there's absolutely millions of possibilities for the numbers to be something, you know. So, um, and we have I think five sets for hitting, so we can we'll change them up um, either game to game or like like now we're playing Reedley. We'll have a different one every game. Um, so it's just too hard to pick up those numbers. I mean, we've had well, guys and you write them have... down. You've had guys hear numbers. You write them down. You try to get that. There's so many different combinations. There's so many, you know, they add a number that doesn't mean anything or, you know what I mean? So um, that's kind of, you know, what it goes to now. It's just sometimes it's annoying. Coach Scott's yelling out numbers all the time or, you know, doing the hands and then yelling. He's got to two runners and a batter. Uh, not annoying, but it's just but, like... So, I guess, is it worth it to, to look kind of stupid for the purpose of winning? Yes. Right? Yeah. Is it is it worth it to sound a little annoying sometimes calling out yeah. a number for the purpose of winning? But, and sometimes I think, though, like at our level, at the college level, I think in high school you get coaches more trying to pick coach other coaches. I don't think that happens a lot at our level. Because um, I've watched some of the other coaches give signs, and it's just... I don't know. You you don't really pick anything up, I guess, at, at this level as much, or I don't know. And they, the, it could be simplified. Everything could mean nothing. And it could be the way he steps to the right, or you know what I mean. It's like it's so different. Well, I know last year our signs or my signs were that like. Well, you don't give them away. No, they're, well, they're, the they're not. Signs. They're not. He changed them. But yeah, our signs meant nothing. I, I everything I did 
sign wise meant nothing. We had basically five keys. Yeah. You know, and it, it only took one of those keys and a wipe off. So everything, you know, you did touched on your body literally meant nothing. Yeah. Um, and then we also incorporate verbals. So I just think being creative is great and uh, I'm all for it. I, I, it, the tech stuff's a little different. The walkie talkie thing was like, what last year? I was like, what? Yeah, I mean the SEC's been doing it for I think a couple years is now. It, is it a couple? Years? I, I I know uh, it's, it's a I new know thing. The Big Twelve or the Big Ten. One other Power Five started. Maybe the Pac Twelve. They started doing it last year, but that SEC was first, and now I think everybody's can can use yeah. that. Yeah, which I like. I think that's you know, if the pitcher can get, if the coach can get the sign to him and not worry about numbers, not worry about you know, that's the the dumbest dumb proof you can have. I think. Now, if everybody's wearing an earpiece in the field, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, have it set up to one walkie-talkie. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, I, again, but I wouldn't mind wearing an earpiece. You know, I mean, again, in Major League Baseball, the catchers typically run the game, so you're not going to see that kind no. of stuff there. So, no. but uh, I guess I'm not opposed of it at all. Um, I don't. I'm not going to say I doubt it. But it is tech, you know. There, there's, there's going to be moments of failures, I'm sure, and you're going to have to have a backup plan, which I'm sure all these guys do. Again, high school, no way, ridiculous. Uh, college baseball, I think I, I, I understand why it would be needed. Mm-hmm. I could see that, I could justify that. So I, I don't have a big problem with it. Um, but again, those guys are so deep and what it's it's not too much for or less than base uh, mlb as far as charting yeah. analytics and no, everything's charted and that's kind of where i was gonna you know segue out of of that but you know there was a little debate on twitter the other night and jeff fry had posted something um i'm i don't remember exactly what the the original tweet was but it had to do with obviously analytics and he is you know jeff fry if you've checked out his twitter is not a big analytic guy, uh, or not a post. I don't know. I don't really know. I just don't. I mean, think analytics he's were around sold even when he on. Played. I think the that's that's the point. I think it's people not new. are emphasizing certain analytics and saying that's what the game is. That's what wins a game. That what that's what makes a player better. That's what. And there are some that do and some that don't. But everybody's different and take different analytics and different like. Like, Luplo's a hot zone guy. He doesn't care about the other kind of stuff of analytics. You know, it's everybody has their own thing. He may be when different When Jeff now. Fry played, they, they had – you're telling – I know for a fact they had pitch counts and what guys threw, what guys threw in each count. I mean, you go back to um, Eckersley and Gibson, and Gibson said that he knew 3-1 he'd throw a slider. Because they've they've have that that's an analytic. Yeah, they have back those in, ten, they have those tendencies. I mean, back in eighty was eighty five, eighty eight. Yeah, he had a, yeah he had a tendency that he did those three one sliders to lefties. Well, he got a three one slider and hit it out the park. So I mean, analytics have been around. I think th- that we're just emphasizing. And I think different the, ex- analytics. The, the extent too. It's too much. It, like you can it's position too much a guy to the inch. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's like, that's fine. You can position the guy to the inch per the analytics, but the pitcher still has to locate, you know, and that's, I guess that's the thing. Like, I am naive to it, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
are these guys tracking like if this is the location of the pitch and this count and this pitch, he hits the ball here this amount of times or this percentage of times, and so we need to play here? Like, is it that in-depth? I mean, I'm assuming it is. I'm, yeah, I'm sure it is. Like, to me, that's nuts. Well, that's I why mean, they have some nerd that's never played baseball before doing the numbers. So the tweet said something about it. And, oh, it was about employing, you know, uh, analytic guys. Mm-hmm. And I just tweeted back. He said the Do- one guy, somebody commented, analytics won the Dodgers of the World Series in 2020. And I just tweeted, I, I could have sworn the players won <laughs> the World Series for the Dodgers. And then somebody countered with, well, analytics lost the World Series for the Tampa Bay Rays. and uh, Or the players lost the World Series for the Tampa Bay Rays. And I was just like, that's that's how it works. The players play the game. Mm-hmm. The players hit the balls. The players throw the ball. They field the ball. They run the bases. They play deep. Like that, that's all, the players do all that. The players... I, we don't have a computer out there on the mound doing anything, do we? No. The players win the games. I my my comment was: you don't hear a player in a post game press conference go out there and say, "Man, our analytics weren't good tonight. Didn't have their best stuff." Have you ever heard a player say that? No. Why? Because the my Is my that a trick question. <laughs> You got no, like I didn't. No, how do I, I answer that? It's, it's, it's just like you know, we didn't have our best stuff tonight. We didn't play well tonight. Yeah, no. I mean, you can even. I mean, you've never even heard a player say, "Yeah, our our analytics were saying he was going to pitch this way, and he didn't." You've never heard anybody say that, even. You know what I mean? Like they're trying to predict just, the outcomes, and I get that. And and the more information you have, the better you can position yourself to win. Yeah, I'm just saying to live and die by that. I can't. I could never play that way. Yeah, I wouldn't fit in Major League Baseball I, as a coach. And it, you know, we we've coached for a long time, but not as long as a lot of people sure. out there. But to look at somebody's eyes and see if it's inside them, or go out and talk to a pitcher and see if he's got it, or talk to a hitter about an at bat and or an upcoming at bat, and just believe in the human being. I think we are kind of underestimating a human being and how tough they can be and how mentally strong they can be where let's just make decisions for them. I think that's what we're getting into is these analytics are making decisions for human beings rather than allowing them to be human, what we're supposed to be. Well, that we make, make that's mistakes, what, and that's what we makes make the, decisions the game that are bad. fun. We make decisions that are good. You know, I want, I want Cash to say that was my decision to take out Snell, not a plan we had because the analytics were telling us. Well, because it's what we've done all year. Yeah, like he's blowing through these guys. I'm that's my dude. I'm going with my dude, and if I lose, I lost with my dude on the mound. There's nothing wrong with that decision. No, not at all. And th- that's what I was thinking. Like, so what did the, and, and I'll, I like talking about last year because we won. But what do you think the analytics said last year? When a 15 and 15 or 15 and 14 went and played a 25 and 3. 
Do you think the analytics were in Madera's favor or in Arroyo's favor? Probably Madera's. <laughs> You're right. I, no, yeah. What did what did the analytics say in 2008 when the Fresno State Bulldogs went to Omaha? Well, or, the, or, the six or the weeks, regional. Or the six weeks prior to that. What did the analytics say? What did the analytics say in 2004 when the Red Sox were down 3-0? And the Patriots in Super Bowl in 2016 were down to the Falcons. To or something like that. Or the Astros down to the Dodgers and had to win two on the road. Yeah, but they cheated. Mm-hmm. The Braves. Flip that. The Braves in 2020 were up three games to one and lost. What did the analytics say about that? We can't live and die by these things. Mm-hmm. I, th- that's just part. I mean, the list can go on and on. We can keep going if you want of naming things where the analytics probably said something different. But human beings are amazing. And all these guys found a way to prove all these analytics wrong. Mm-hmm. When, they, when it says, well, this is over. It, obviously not. It says these guys don't have a chance. Obviously not. So I, I, my that's my thing is to live and die by it. And I, I think you said it great too. You're creating robots. You have some of the you got the best players in the world for the most part. Let them play. Let them let them play. Yeah. Let them really show you what they're capable of. And that was that's that's my point with analytics. I don't think they're bad. I do think they help people win. Mm-hmm. But like that's that's how these guys live and die. And to me, that's that's not a fun game to watch, and it hasn't been. You know, one of the things we saw recently, I, I'm sure you saw the tweet, was with uh, uh, what's his face, Joey Gallo, talking about what did he say about hitting doubles? I got it here. Uh, <laughs> something about if you want to see me hit doubles, here you go. I think at some point. You have to fix the game a little bit. I don't understand how I'm supposed to hit a double or triple when I have six guys standing in the outfield. Well, you're not supposed to hit a double or triple. You're supposed to get on base. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. You're supposed to get on base. In order to get on base, you have to get a hit. In order to score runs, you have to get on base. So if you're worried about hitting a double or a triple or a home run, and you can't do it because there's so many guys in the outfield, then get on base. Start start drag bunting. Start start getting on any way you can to get on base. And I know the that big leagues are such a different level of athlete and strength and consistency. And that's why I harp at, at our level, especially in junior colleges, really emphasizing that we have to get on base to score runs. We have to score runs to win games. We can't rely on a home run. We don't have guys that are that are hitting home runs all the time and, and rely on that. We need to get on base any way we can, whether we you know have to drag bunt, push bunt, get hit by a pitch, work a walk. That's why I really emphasize striking out is, is it's not a good thing. It's a free out. They had to do absolutely nothing as a team to get you out. I mean, obviously the pitcher had to got you out, but I mean, I'm talking about as a team, if you hit a ground ball, somebody's got to field it, somebody's got to throw it, somebody's got to catch it. There's so many chances that that can go wrong. Yeah. So, all, just, and it, that that goes from the big leagues all the way down to your seven. It does go to the big leagues. Seven U. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, there's travel ball, 7U now. I didn't – I just saw a thing saying 7U travel ball tryouts, and I'm like, CJ's 6, so he'd be at a 7U. The dude could barely catch a damn ball, and I think CJ's pretty good for his age yeah. on athleticism. I would agree with you, yeah. And, uh, but he could barely catch a ball, and there's 7U tryouts? What are we doing? What are we doing to these kids? Why, why are we trying to make money – off of these kids that need to learn the game. What's wrong with playing at seven years league? old? You don't need to be playing a bunch of travel. What's wrong with little league? Yeah, play little. What's league. wrong with little yes. league? Go play little league. Why do you have to go play travel ball? Go play. Every, Central has little league. Bullard has little league. River Park little league for Clovis. I know Visalia has little league. We got Madera's got Madera's. What is wrong with little league? Nothing. What? Because you want to go put a dream team together and play and. Beat everybody? That's not what it's about. I want to play base. I want to play baseball with my friend. That's not good at baseball. He's not good at sports, but that's my best friend. Yeah, we just want to go play. I want to go play. I want to have fun. I don't care if we win or lose. Yeah, there's a lot to learn. And at seven, I'm not seven. You, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not sold on that there. But, but, but I mean, so and then you're talking to just about the Gallo stuff. And then even that goes into the analytics. Like, they shift for that reason. It's like there's more than one so way. So, away from the shift. Dude, it's e- it's never been easier to get somebody out. Have you seen a Gallo at bat where they shift everybody? Where do they pitch him still? Away. They pitch him away. They shift him to pull, and they pitch him away. They're giving him half the field. So, drive the ball away. Yeah, they're giving you half the field. But again, you're, that you're goes six, back to six, what you... You're 6'6", 250 pounds. You can hit the ball out the other way. Yes, you should be. I know. From experience, you can hit the ball out the other way. But that's what goes back to you saying, you know, be a complete hitter. That's what these young kids need to understand. Be a complete hitter. Be a complete hitter, then they won't shift you. You know, that we've talked about this uh, numerous times, too, with about LeMahieu. Like, you can't shift that guy. No. Oh. Be a guy that you can't shift. Go be a complete hitter. Yeah. It's never been easier to get a guy out, right? I mean, it's easy oh, to get it's guys easy out. easy to get guys out. And in that leagues. scenario, like, you don't have to shift. You could pitch a guy different, right? What did we say? You could walk a guy to get a guy out, right? How many times have you seen a, an intentional walk turn into a double play? Mm-hmm. We got that guy out. We didn't have to pitch to him. Yep. And he didn't do any damage. You know, that, and that goes with the analytics, too. You don't always have to do what they tell you to do. There's, there's, it is, it's, I mean, he's, what, a 200, 200 hitter? 199 hitter? 206? I mean, he's flirting around the Mendoza line, so. They were talking about changing it to the <laughs> the Gallo line. <laughs> That's what I heard. And don't get me wrong. He's a big leaguer. He could be an absolutely great hitter. If but, he just but, took what they give you. Take what they give you. Yeah. If they're going to give me a single to left field, I'm going to take a single to left field. But guess what? If they're going to throw me away, I'm going to try to hit the ball out away. If I'm that guy, if I'm Gallo, why am I going to try to pull that pitch, try to hit a homer or a double pull side? I just don't get it. I don't get it. Like, at that level, as powerful and strong as that guy is, he can hit the ball out anywhere he wants. So what does he want? Like, that was my question. Like, what do you want? And, like, I thought uh, Pat Ware had some pretty good well, comments that's why on it, too. You see Judge getting shift? No. Yeah, because you can't fit eight guys in the stands. I mean, he hits the ball all over the place. <laughs> he does. 
He does. I'm, I know his strikeout numbers were really high when he they first came up. And I think he was at 37% percent, yeah. uh, K, K rate. But I think those it's come down a little bit. I mean, his... His his K K's numbers have gone down some, but you're right. You can't. He can hit the ball out anywhere. Yeah. He can hit the ball anywhere. Yeah. Um. He doesn't try to limit himself to that. And I mean, I'm just saying, what is what is Gallo? You want a ball and tee? What do you want? No, it's just an excuse. It's like, and an I know excuse. we've talked about we the shift, maybe making some adjustments to it, not eliminating it completely. Like uh, the shortstop can't go on the other side right, of the second base. Right. The second baseman can't go on the other yeah, side. Keep of the second on the grass. Keep him on the grass or in the dirt. You know, you can put them over there, but they both have to stay on the dirt. You can't have them in the outfield grass. Something, you know, just saying stuff just to be creative, to change it a little bit. But like, or learn how to hit, or learn how to hit. Ultimately, which is a lost art. And like, the guy's gonna get paid still. Yeah, I saw that stat. Was it seven year career two sack flies? <laughs> I that's hard to do too. That is ridiculous. That I mean, you do that by accident. <laughs> Tube sack flies by accident. Uh, it's a hundred percent true. Two sack flies in seven years. That's what it said. I I, I should. Probably... How many guys have been on third base in his career <laughs> with less than two outs? Probably a few. Jeez. But we were and so again talking about that, and, and you and I had this conversation, and uh, we'll wrap it up here pretty soon. But the two strike mentality, you know, carrying like. The pitches to, to the, you know, how many guys carry a bad call strike? To and, the next pitch. To the next pitch, and it turns in that, that's what turned into a strikeout. Yeah, a lot, a lot. I mean, I'm obviously guilty of it, you know, in my career doing that. Well, we all it's, are. It's really we hard all are. To, it's really hard, you know, being a coach that's gone through it to try to teach not to do that because, you know, we've all been immature and do that stuff, but. That's why I try to really harp on it. Like, dude, move on. Move on. You get three. You know? You take a bad pitch. Hey, you got two more. Like, if you can just be able to move on and be like, I'm good. I'm okay. And I get to battle. I can battle with two strikes. I can, you know, trust my swing, trust my abilities, trust everything I've worked on to get, you know, in this position to succeed with two strikes. You know, I think it's key, and I think that, you know, a lot of people just see 2-0 hacks in the big leagues and guys striking out, and everybody thinks it's okay now. Like, it's okay to strike out when it's really not because you aren't doing anything for your team. Like, we had 20, 20, 28 strikeouts at Sac City, right? We also won 5-0 and 11-5. to but we had 28 strikeouts. That is one more out than a than a nine inning game. So we we literally struck out a full game plus an out in two games. So you're giving 28 outs away for free. That's just what I don't I can't get I can't grasp and and I've said this a bunch. You know I had my share of strikeouts, but I hated striking out. And I was okay just putting the ball in play and trying to do something. I mean, I wonder, wonder what percentage of those strikeouts could have equated into runs. Yeah. Like, I'm sure your starting pitchers don't like to see a 10-strikeout game in a 4-3 loss. No. no. I, and I'm sure I don't, hitters I don't. don't look at it that way. 
And maybe in the big leagues they do. But I mean, if I'm a hitter, and I, I'm I'm not saying your guys your team doesn't. I'm just saying in general, right? I'm sure a lot of kids, especially in high school, they're not thinking, man, we struck out ten times today. We didn't help our pitcher in a one run in a one run loss. Yeah. They don't. They're not at home looking at it that way. And you should be. You should be. Right, because listen, and the, and the umpires, right? Even good umpires are going to make some bad calls, mm-hmm. right? To allow that bad call to affect the next pitch, that's not a tough. That's not a tough dude. Mm-hmm. You, you got. You just got to move on. You got to be tougher than that. That's how you get out of the lineup, you know. And I would encourage coaches if you're in a machine. We talked about this the other day, you know, pitching and hitting. If you're if you're got your guys hitting off live pitching. And you're umping behind the mound or wherever you're umpiring, make a bad call. You know what I mean? Make a bad call. Call a ball a strike. Let's see what your hitters do. See what he's made of. And vice versa. Yeah. Call call a strike a ball on your pitcher. See if he can you know, bow up and make the next pitch. Just do it. Just challenge your guys. Mm-hmm. You know, you should be doing more of that stuff. And then then you can talk about why we I did it on purpose. And you can tell him I did it on purpose. I wanted to see how you responded. Did you pass the test or they fail the test? And then next week, do it again. See if they pass the test or fail the test. Yeah. You know, this is what we're supposed to be doing as coaches. And I'm sure a lot of coaches do that. But I just don't like seeing kids take it, you know, from the pit, one pitch to the next pitch and then take it on defense. Yeah. Do you see big leaguers? And maybe they, they on the inside they are. I don't know. But for the most part, you don't see those guys. They can't. They can't afford to. Yeah. Right, because they play tomorrow. I got to. I got to be ready to go tomorrow. I can't be thinking about yesterday. If I'm thinking about yesterday. I'm not going to be doing great today. Like we've said before, it's hard to walk a straight line with your head looking backwards. Yeah, you just got to go. Keep going forward. Um. So yeah, little two strike mentality there for all of you people uh, listening. Um, I want to end it with this. I, I was going through some YouTube stuff, just messing around, looking at videos. And I've come. I came across a uh, a little documentary type deal, or I'm not sure what it is really, but it's called uh, it's called Uneven College Baseball Scholarship Issue, and it's on YouTube. And I'm gonna I'll tweet out the link and and put it on Instagram. It's like 45 minutes long. It's really good, really good. And it talks about the fairness of baseball scholarships versus softball and other sports and how it works and and some of the conversations being had. And uh, how it Title IX works. It's really good for parents of young kids looking to play any sport, really, uh, at the next level. It's it's definitely worth watching. Uh, again, it's called Uneven uh, College Baseball Scholarship Issue. Um, I, I, I might go watch it again because I'm sure I missed some stuff. Uh, but there's a great quote in there, too. Uh, Rick Cleveland of the Sun-Herald. Uh, said lacrosse teams are allowed 12.6 scholarships. Ice hockey teams get 18. Women's equestrian gets 15. Baseball, considering how big it's become, gets screwed. And it, it, it it's enough to make you irritated. I think softball gets 12, right? Um, and has less players. So I know some of the debate is, well, if baseball does it, softball's got to do it. I mean, technically, softball has more to spend. And I'm not saying you're not, you shouldn't do that, but realistically, the roster size for softball is smaller. But definitely worth going to well, see. Well, you don't need 14 pitchers. No, you don't. You need two. Yeah, you don't or need three. It doesn't. Or one. Yeah, I think baseball, the average roster, it said it was 30. 
35, 36. I think college is 35. And up to this year, I think you can roster 40 guys. You can have a 40-man roster. With 11.6 scholarships. I think you can only scholarship up to 36. It's a weird rule. I'd have to go read it again. But it's definitely worth going to see or, or watching. Again, it's on YouTube. It's called Uneven. Uh, it's pretty good, man. I'll, I'll, we'll tweet it out tonight and uh, get it to mo- get it to everybody. Uh, again, Saturday, you got the Reedley Tigers coming to uh, Fresno City to take on the Rams. And uh, Fresno State is down south. And uh, I think they're going to be on the radio. So you can check that out on, uh, on Fox Sports there. Anything else, my brother? We good? We're good. Thanks, everybody. I know uh, we've been taking a week or two off here and there, and, and we're doing our best to get shows out. Um, please bear with us. We'll, we'll keep putting out stuff. And uh, go watch some college baseball. Go watch some high school baseball, uh, some JUCO baseball. And uh, we just th- want to say thanks for listening to the Hit or Die podcast. Uh, that's episode 49. Hit or die. Hit or die. Hit or die. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.